yeah, dude, like, why, why is it all, why is it all yeah. Ebonics all the time? Yeah. But then it's like, I mean, you can, you can have the thought, but don't like look down right. on people because of it. Right. Cause she was like an intelligent writer and the things she said to him made so much sense. He was like, I want to focus on like blah, 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 black potential or something. And she was like, potential it's what people say when they seeing what's in front of them is not good enough. Yes, and I like that, that line was, oh, was she she dropped a bomb on him on that one. Belgium, who's like Senegalese African, and I was like, she was just cool. She's like rapping and stuff, but I was like, her Korean is uh, impeccable. I was like, damn, that I I just can't picture it. A Korean, K-pop band with K-pop no Koreans. Band yeah. with no Korean people. Look up Blackpink. I mean, not Blackpink. Look up Black Swan. That's the name <laughs> of her band. <laughs> Blackpink is the one with all the like. There's at least two Koreans in that band. Mm-hmm. Then there's like a person from Thailand and another person from China. Mm-hmm. But there's at least two Koreans in that band. <laughs> The other, this band has no Koreans at all. It was so interesting. <laughs> she was just rapping yesterday like this on one of the shows we were watching. And I was just, just in awe. I was like, oh my God, we have a K-pop band with no K-pop people, no Korean people in it. They were just doing their thing, Just though. rolling with the homies. Rolling with my homies. <laughs> what's up, everybody? Hey, 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 what's up? It's your girl, Triple F Queen Bola. No tagline wit here. And we are Blurred Talk with Bola and Whitney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? I hope you are staying warm in the frigid, cold air. Oh, my God. Of January here. I don't know about you, Whitney, but I literally was like a frozen popsicle. I am just. Yesterday. The wind chill was what killed me yesterday. I I'm usually like the cold. Holding but the on wind chill. for spring. Come on, springtime. Whitney is not a, you would not see her out and about that much <laughs> during this time. She'd be like, do I have to? <laughs> if, if you ask her to come out, especially at night, and it's cold, she'd be like, oh, only for certain select things. <laughs> Family events. I turned into a dragon slash a hibernating bear. Dragons <laughs> slash what other things are into the deep dark that's why I said a hibernating bear. She <laughs> likes to stay in the house. If it's not like, do I have to be out? <laughs> yes. Work, family functions, and that's it. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But um, before we get too far, what's our main topic today? Oh, yeah. So just so you guys know, today our episode will be reviewing the film American, American Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, and if you're like me, you don't know what that's about. Well, Stay tuned. Stay tuned, indeed. All right, and but, we'll drop a we'll drop a timestamp because you know before we do that we uh, blur it out, bump on up, blur it out, bump bump bump, blur it out, bump on up, blur it out, bump bump bump. This uh, today's blur dog is brought to you by hats. <laughs> hats are awesome, and I've been feeling them lately. I've been wearing hats like every day. <laughs> I'm just joking. We don't have sponsors. Um, uh, so I'm blurting out, I think at the top of the pod, mm. Whitney caught me talking about this K-pop group <laughs> called Black Swan, even though Black Swan, yes, it was a film from back in the day that everybody I loved. enjoyed that film. It was creepy, but I did it like it. It was weird too. in a it way that I love. Weird. 
I remember everyone was just into it, so I watched it, but it was a weird film. <laughs> and Natalie Portman being like this weird ball- demon, demon ballerina or whatever. I don't, know what, I don't even know what it was called. She had mental issues. Yeah, it was creepy. Um, I don't even think I understood it now that I'm a. I think adult. she was having like a psychotic, psychotic break. break. And they were showing it to us? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, this black swan Anyways. is about cats, right? <laughs> this black swan is about a K-pop group. And I just thought it was so interesting. Um, me and my family went to, we were watching it after we had gone out to eat and I had singed my taste buds on some really hot soup and hot pot. <laughs> oh, that soup was good, girl. But I, I drank it when it was too hot and it burned my, my literally my taste buds are burned. Oh, no. I can still feel it. And I was just like, shh, you know, but I will refrain from saying search certain words. Um, <laughs> but we were just watching TV. My mom, and my sister love watch Korean TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched stuff with them occasionally because, uh, and then it was, we came across this band and I was like, ain't no way there's a K-pop group that I'm going to Koreans. And she showed me the video and I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is a K-pop style and they're singing in Korean. I was like, wait a minute, chicks got color. Well, except for that one girl. It's funny you said ain't no way. And I thought you were going to say ain't nobody like the Shaka Khan. Oh. Ain't nobody. Only you are like this In man. this band is Korean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about that song. But I was shocked. And then I watched a, a little show with, that did like a back the, behind the scenes hmm. about their life and how they're doing and how they have to work hard and the K, the K idol star life, you know. Hmm. But I was just fascinated that there was this band of four women and they're all from different countries, different cultures. They all speak different languages, but they were in this band and they were making it. There was one girl from DC who dropped all of her musical theater schooling just to come over to Korea and be in a, be in a K-pop group. Um, other ones, one girl from India who loved K-pop so much that it just got her through hard times. And mm. then she came all the way to Korea, learned the language and she's an awesome dancer Another one's from Belgium, but via Senegal, Senegal via Belgium. So she's Senegalese, but her parents were, uh, she was born in Belgium. Hmm. So she speaks French. Um, and she was there. She went to be a model. She joined a group, but her, the Korean stars in the group she was in, they, um, they dropped out of the group. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to make another group with this one, this with her. So then they decided to like, you know what, let's get more foreign girls instead of Korean girls to join this black girl. I was like, what the heck? And then the last girl, I don't know, it says she was from Germany because she's white, but then she said in an interview that she was from Brazil. So I don't know. She's either Brazilian <laughs> or German. She looked really pale, so I'm like, you white. But I don't know. So, but I just found it fascinating. I'm going to show you the video clip of what mm-hmm. I watched because I was like, wow, they really are speaking Korean. They're dancing the Korean style. they really into it. But I was fascinated by that, that they were really trying to prove something because K-pop is spreading so much hmm. in the world and in other countries. Um, and I was just like, well, it's, it's hard for me to see that they would appreciate another band with non-Koreans in it. Hmm. You know, that's like not a foreign band. This is a band that's speaking in their language, you know? Yeah. And none of them were born and raised in Korea at all. So that was really cool to me. Um, and the other thing, I, so they're called Black Swan. Check them out if you like their music. Because, you know, it is K-pop, so it's, of course, awesome beats and stuff. But nice visuals, you know. Let the beat drop. If you like the K-pop girls, because not everybody likes the girl. My sister hates the girl bands. So <laughs> she hates the girl and she only likes the boys. Um, but anyway, my other thing that I'm really learning out about is um, a new anime that I watched. Hmm. 
bad. I'm not going to lie. I talked about it like briefly before talking about how I couldn't get into it. Not because, and it's only because I didn't really give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I like started it and I was like sleepy or I fell asleep and I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But I decided to pick it back up and watch it and be like, wait a minute, let me give this a shot. I didn't even watch the whole episode. And I was kicking myself because I absolutely love this show. So the show is called Spy Family. Oh, with yes. the, the X, Spy X Family? Yes. Yeah. The Spy X Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I just call it Spy Family. But yeah, it's Spy X Family. Mm-hmm. And I remember like this guy that we met at Blurred, um, Blurred Con like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not last year, but the year before then. The one that I went with mm-hmm. you. He was the one talking about how much he liked Spy Family. And I remember I wrote it down because I was like, okay, I was looking for a good anime to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try with My Hero Academia. I, I just couldn't get into it, but I might I try again. I love My Hero Academia. I know. I might try again, but I just didn't give Spy Family a chance this time around. And mm-hmm. I was like, let me focus and not just be sleepy. Mm-hmm. Like, Let me just watch it on a whim. I watched it on a whim, but I stayed and I focused on it. And I was hooked from the first episode. Hmm. I absolutely adore this anime so much. It is super sweet, super. I love the concept of a fake spy family coming together Mm -hmm. and like everybody has a little power or secret thing that they can do Mm -hmm. that the other ones don't know about. But the little girl, because she has telepathy power, she know everything Mm -hmm. and they don't know that she can read their minds. It's so interesting and funny, ridiculous. And I was mad because who is, I watch it on Hulu Mm -hmm. in English dub and it's amazing in English dub, but there is season two already out completed in English dub, but you, they don't have it on Hulu. Mm. So we've been enjoying, even my mom watches it with us a little bit. Mm. So we've been enjoying it on the TV together, me and my sister. And then now I have to like go watch it on my fishy snipes <clears throat> because I want to watch it in English. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't like the, how the, I didn't like how the Japanese dub sound. I think if you watch it the one way, it's like hard to watch it the other way, mm. you know? So unless it's Naruto for me, I can watch either one. But, um, I really like Spy Family. I think you would like it, Whitney. It's not long, and it's super interesting, ridiculous. I started funny. it, but I didn't finish the first season, though. I, I watched a few episodes, really? though. It I wasn't. Love it. it didn't hit with me as much. Really? Oh, man, I really like it. It, go, it goes places. I mean, it's cute, but that's not exactly my... It's not quite... I don't know. It, it, it didn't hit the same way with me. Like, Kotaru Lives Alone was cute, but it, mm-hmm. like, it really hits. It hits right. Yeah. yeah. This one hits to me because it has so many of these nice moments mm. throughout the season. And there is some craziness because it is an anime. Mm-hmm. But it just, <laughs> it really touched me, and I really liked it. I was very interested in the story. Like, this is a fake family. I really love the father because <laughs> he's a really good spy. He's just talented. But he also is, like... He's trying to get the mission done, but he's also trying to do good. Mm-hmm. And I really like that whole thing that he's like, I have to stay dedicated. I have to be a good man, a good father, a good whatever to this fake family, a good husband to this fake wife that mm-hmm. I collected. Because not only because the mission needs to succeed, but because I'm a spy that believes in peace. And mm-hmm. I know that the theme is like, they basically, basically took like a European like journey kind of thing where East and West side are fighting. They're trying to keep the peace between the two countries. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. I, I like spy stuff too, so maybe that's what it is. But I know what you mean because I watched all of um, Ranking of Kings, mm-hmm. and I didn't like Ranking of Kings really. Mm-hmm. I watched it all, but it didn't really hit to me. Yeah. Um, not because I didn't like the main character. I did like the main character. I just the story and all the way it was done. Certain elements, I was just like, 
I wouldn't watch this again. Mm. But I watched it. But I wouldn't watch it again. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas so I, I absolutely adored it. You right. So it's different stroke for different folks. But I'm exactly. here for my anime. I love it. I'm like obsessed with Spy Family now. I really want like a picture or something of the family. And then <laughs> also they have good music. Oh my god, the music <laughs> in in the animation style is so nice. But the music in the opening closing credits, especially for the second half of the season, I've been playing that song. There's a the song is called Souvenir by this band, Japanese band called Bump of Chicken. That's the <laughs> name of the band, oh, Bump of Chicken, Whitney. Oh my god. I was like, this is hilarious, but this song is amazingly, like, if you pop it, it just pops. And oh, I like it. It's one of the things I, I love about Japanese anime is when you watch them, you get some really good music from they them. They do have great music from their intros and the outros, too, yes, like both. the credits. Yeah. I get my music from both. So I have my little playlist, and I keep adding to it now because the new music nowadays is just really good. I added a bunch because of Boruto mm-hmm. that I was watching last year. I added more. Um, from um, watching Fruits Baskets. I love the songs in that one. Um, I actually did like the opening song for Ranking of Kings. Hmm. So I have that on my list too. But uh, Spy Family is a really touching... I really like the anime, so I'm excited about it. Now you had me like looking up because of like tangents from yours. Oh, my bad. When you talked about... like the k-pop band it made yeah. me think of like korean dramas and then it was like i was like well when are they putting out the second season of squid game which they do not have any type of date for I'm not, i don't even know if they should do a second season honestly i liked it where it was i feel like you can't recapture yeah but it looks like, like he was it looked like they set it up to be it's like Something. a hopeful i felt like he didn't know where to end it and he was just like we can just leave it here just in case because he didn't even think he would get a second you have to understand most korean shows they don't really do second seasons mm. they normally don't it's rarely that every sh- the show's usually contained in their 16 mm-hmm. to 20 something episodes and that's it so he was also like this was like a chance in the dark he wasn't well known he didn't know if it was going to succeed or not he mm-hmm. just like put it out there and he's like hey so he didn't even plan for a season two. So to me, I just thought it was up to us. It's like one of those like open-ended films where mm-hmm. it's like he either went back. We can assume that he went back to try and help things, and then he just did his own thing. We just don't get to see it. But, but see, everyone, the, the popularity is forcing him to make it. Is what makes it because like they have it on IMDb, like it's going to have one. So if you do it like that, then I expect you to put out another season. Well, As opposed to Kotaro lives alone. Yeah. Where I just saw, I, I think originally it didn't have this, but now it's got it as a mini series, and I'm like, you know, it's that wasn't supposed to be a mini series. Yeah, I wish they did put some more Kataro, but because like it, it makes no sense for it to only have one. I am so upset because I just looked that up and saw TV mini series. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't blame you because I still wish they had like done another season of Oran High School Host Club. I still forever love that anime. And but I was satisfied enough with that for it to be okay. It, like, yeah, okay, I cool. I still wanted another one. I'm just, but you're right. But I, I just wanted it. But then I, I think more. of like a show like um, Our Flag Means Death. They just had their second season, and apparently it got canceled. Which I uh, no, it's a live action show. It's got uh, Taika Waititi and um, oh, yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Bonnet, mm. and they're pirates. But he, Steve Bonnet is like a horrible pirate because he was like. Uh, he he was like a rich gentleman and like a fop. A dandy? Yes. So he's horrible at it. And the whole thing is hilarious and wonderful. And I love it. 
and it got canceled, but I'm not upset about it because when I watched the second season, the last episode of it, I watched it and I'm like, so is that the end of the series? Because it felt very right. like this was everything kind of tied up more or less. Yeah, it's it's hard when they do that with shows, especially when you know the shows have more, like, because there's more to the mangas for animes, and some Korean shows are based off of, um, like, webtoons and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, so if there's more to the story, then you just want more. Mm-hmm. I remember I was still kind of up, even though I was not happy with how they did season two of Shadow and Bone, but the content of the movie, of the show, I mean was very good and mm-hmm. the show was well made like I'm like I keep saying it wasn't that the season was bad it's just like when it came to the original storytelling mm-hmm. they veered so off from how the books are mm-hmm. that I'm just like you just throwing stuff together like y'all are just doing your own thing now so it's hard for me to be like and it, I felt like it was a little rushed it was overstuffed I think mm-hmm. as opposed to evenly paced out in yeah, the first okay. season mm-hmm. second season was very well done mm-hmm. had some awesome episodes but it was overstuffed because they were pulling too many things from different books and they were all out of order mm-hmm. and they were just pulling them and putting them in the show and I was just like this is a lot and then they just decided to do whatever they wanted with the ending and I was like but this is not how the actual books end or like you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. rushed and they they wanted to end certain people, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to continue certain things with people that don't go there. And I was mm-hmm. like, this was a lot. So I I was upset that they canceled it because I wanted to see if they were gonna fix mm-hmm. what they did in season three. Okay, and it was very much a popular show. I'm still surprised they canceled it, but I there feel was so like I've read that a lot of fantasy shows, even though they seem popular, get canceled because of how expensive it is to make them. That's not right, though. People are going to watch it. That's the whole point. You're making them because True. people want them well, and people are going to watch them. It's probably a business decision. Like, if what it costs to make it versus what you make off of it is out of balance. Well, I assume popular movies and shows make more money. Like, that's what I assume, right? I mean, but because it's, streaming. because it's streaming, it's not like people are, like, buying a DVD set. But they buy their their subscription to watch Netflix. They do, but who knows how like the how the like payouts? Mm, I don't know work. why it was canceled either because I was like, this show was like if it really weren't popular. if it didn't have like a bunch of special effects and stuff, maybe it wouldn't have been. Because I saw they like a really a cool show on Prime show. Video called um, the the Peripheral. And it was awesome. And I heard that it was really popular, too. And it got canceled. Actually, the thing that made me more mad was it got, apparently it got renewed. And then because of the strikes, it got canceled, I guess, because, you know, trying to, the logistics of getting stuff Yeah, my sister said that about her other show that she watched, Shadow and something. It's another, like, popular, like, fantasy series. Hmm. And it's called Shadow and something. Live action? Yeah. It had the guy from Glee on it. Which guy? The the Asian one. Oh, the um, like Shadow Hunters, I think it is. Shadow. Oh, Hunters. Shadow Hunters. Yeah. I've heard of that one. I yeah. thought it was a CW show. Yeah, it was. It okay. was super popular, mm-hmm. and then it got like canceled. And it was like the fans really tried to save the show, mm-hmm. but they didn't pick it back up. But they did a couple seasons, but it got canceled prematurely. And everyone was upset. So my sister would love the... She loves that series. I remember she was crazy about it. But it didn't get picked up. And you don't know why. It has fan. It has fans. It has uh, popularity. It's from a book series. But like you said, it didn't... No matter what they did, it didn't get picked up again. So mm-hmm. 
anyway, what are you? What else are you learning out about with me? So I am blurting out about. Um, first thing is Echo. Oh, I haven't. I haven't started it yet. I watched it with my mom, and you know, it was like a easy watch because it only has five episodes. Oh, for real? That's it. Mm-hmm. They usually do six for Disney. I think it was five. Maybe it was six, but I. Th- thought it might have been five i'd have to double check it but i really enjoyed it it was like the way it ended Mm. i thought um i thought was different and yeah it's five episodes i i enjoyed it i like what they did with the ending Mm. i don't know if everybody's gonna feel that way you know how people feel about quote-unquote woke stuff Mm. if nobody's getting killed and beaten to a pulp their heart torn out of their chest then it's too woke you guys Mm. can't be uh you know resolving some internal issues Mm. (laughs) but i thought it was like so i watched it and i was like at the end in my head i'm like this is very interesting how they decided to do this okay i need to watch echo um i actually was trying to start what if season two Mm. first that's what i wanted to do but since Echo is actually less episodes, I might just do that instead. I will make my decisions on shows based on that, too. I'll look at it and be like, what's the commitment on this? Oh, this mm. one has less episodes. I'm going to do that one first. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I'm glad Echo was good. Okay. It she was. Has, I liked did you it. Watch you Secret had to, Invasion yet? I started it. I have not finished it. Okay. It's a little bit slower for me to get into. Mm. I'm sure it's probably good. I know you said you really liked I it. I really liked it. And I really, I especially want to finish it just because I've seen articles about Loki season two's yeah. um, ending. Oh, yeah, and I feel you, like it's yeah. kind of a prerequisite. So I, I, I especially want to watch it so I can get to Loki season two. But um, why would they say that though? I don't. They didn't say it's a prerequisite. I felt like it might be kind of a prerequisite. To me, I felt. I mean, we did watch the Marvels already. To me, I felt like you should watch it before you watch the Marvels. But I think you can watch Loki season two without watching Secret Invasion. Maybe it's just my OCD. Like, okay. this one came out first. Yeah, because I was looking at it, because I've seen both, and I'm like... But then again, Secret I also watched really Echo with... before this, and Echo came out last. But I didn't feel like anything in Echo was going to tie into. Mm, and I was like, I watched that. I watched both, and I was like, to me, Loki season two has nothing to do with... Has nothing, like, nothing that's going on in the Secret Invasion mm-hmm. storyline comes into play here. Okay. Me. So that's why I'm just like... You could just watch Loki season two and just be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I did like Loki season two, so mm. I would definitely bump up season two over one any day. You know, I watched season one again like because Super. I wanted to do to get to season two. And the second watch, I actually rather enjoyed it. You were, you enjoyed it better? Yeah, because I'm like, huh, you know what? I actually rather like this. Yeah, I just feel bad for Jonathan Majors. <sighs> Topics in black. I can't I can't comment because I did not see what the video was or anything but based off of what was said I watched his interview on ABC Family and mm-hmm. I still I mean on ABC that he the only interview he allowed himself mm-hmm. and it has like I'll send you the clip if you'd like to watch but I still think if he wasn't a black man in America mm-hmm. he would not have been uh I don't think he would have been guilty of these misdemeanors. Hmm. Whereas the white woman who actually struck him as well didn't get any charges at all. Hmm. 
because she's a white woman. So, and that is, I just think it's. I've not only fair. read stuff, so I'm like, if he shoved her trying to get like away and stuff, yeah. I don't he feel like that should be. But I haven't read any, everything, seen everything, so I can't really well, comment. You know what? Cat Williams said it in his little, like, really, like, you know, monster of a interview that he did that like blew everybody's spot up. He was like, <laughs> actually, it's not right what Cat Williams said about Jonathan Majors, but <laughs> what he say? Oh, girl, if I show you like that, cat. In, the, everyone's been talking about this Cat Williams interview, mm-hmm. and I, me, and my family watched the entire interview with Shay Shay. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, Cat was bold. He had no qualms blowing everybody's spot up and really talking about what's going on in the industry. Mm. Because I'm not going to lie to you, it, everyone always talks about that Illuminati and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, the, and weird things and you know how a lot of times men and, and women have to do sexual favors and things to get ahead. Mm. Or like they make, they set you up in places and like the, the powers that be in Hollywood, mm-hmm. the dark seated underbelly, mm-hmm. they do things to set things up. And he was basically honest about it. He was like, yeah, there was this one time and he explained how Ludacris got the, the fast and furious movies mm-hmm. based off of the Illuminati thing they went to mm-hmm. and how they were like, either one of you cut your hair and do this and do this and you'll be set up. You will get a $10 million per, and do 20 movies. And then he was like, how many Fast and Furious are there now? He's like, 10. He's like, yeah, they're not done. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's creepy. He's like, but I wasn't going to cut my hair. He's like, I wasn't going to suck nobody's. He told, how, he told how Harvey Weinstein paid him money to, like, to, to, for him to suck him off for, like, for millions. And he was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. And I was just like... Harvey Weinstein, of course. But I was like, this is gross. You know what I mean? Mm. And he was like, yeah. I'm not, he talked about Diddy and how Diddy gave him $15 million to do that to him too. Mm. And he was like, I'm not. He took. He, did, he declined the money because he's like, I don't do that. Mm. He's like, if I get anywhere, it's going to be on my merit, not because all this nonsense y'all are doing. And he was like, I want a virgin booty hole. Sorry for being <laughs> vulgar. But that's what he said because he's like, that's what happened. And I mean, and then of course he's having feuds with Steve Harvey and Cedric Entertainer and Ricky Smiley, but he's just talking about the real deal of the industry and mm-hmm. like the real bad stuff and lies. And it was very, very like incendiary, but he was talking about Jonathan Majors and saying how, you know, when they set you up, they can watch you fall. They can bring you down. And they're like basically he was implying, I don't know if this is true, but basically he's implying that this woman was set up, set like their meeting was set up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he either didn't comply or whatever happened, something happened and they brought him down quick. If they wanted to bring him down, maybe his rise was too meteoric or whatever, but they were like, something like what's happening is not normal. Mm -hmm. Especially since it's not like a real, like it's not like Chris Brown and Rihanna, Mm -hmm. like injuries. It's scratches scrapes you know he like lifted her and put her in the car you know so it's just like why this is a criminal charge i don't know why the evidence he had the driver actually witness what mm-hmm. happened and the driver was like no he didn't do anything mm-hmm. he was trying to put her in the car get his phone and leave mm-hmm. her and she was chasing him the whole time yet he's the one that got guilty mm-hmm. got a guilty verdict lost all his his movies all his all his stuff went down. Mm-hmm. 
He even said that Megan Good was thrown in there to save him. <laughs> I was like, Kat, you're doing a lot. But I don't know. I'm not, a in- I'm not an industry insider. Mm-hmm. He said a lot of things. It was really worth the watch. He's a very interesting man. Mm-hmm. I, I really respect him. I'm going to go watch some more of his... Uh, um, Stand-up? Yeah, mm-hmm. because he's always been fun. But the, he was like, I'm only coming out because people on this show have come out on Shay Shay, a lot of those celebrities... And they have been lying about him or lying about things. And mm-hmm. he's like, I felt compelled to come out. Mm-hmm. And he didn't give a damn. He threw, he blew, he blew it up. Mm-hmm. It was the number one trending topic for, it's his, it's Shay Shay's most watched um, episode. Because of all the stuff he just busted out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. He didn't care one lick, to be honest. And I even saw some Christian people talking about stuff he was saying, like, I was like, this is a Christian podcast. Why are you guys talking about Cat Williams? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, but topics and blackness break right here. Y'all go check out Cat Williams and all this. He had a lot to say about all these things happening. But mm. back to what we were saying, I feel like Jonathan Majors got the raw end of the deal. Throw the link in the show notes. The I, G, will. So I will. Because it's, it it's definitely worth Even if you can't watch the whole two-hour thing, mm-hmm. watch it in days or parts. There are parts that are just so... Wow, that you're like, oh my god, you know. Mm. But Cat Williams, he's like, why would I lie? He's like, I don't have any reason to lie. He's like, these other people came out here lying. That's why I have to come out and tell the truth because mm. he don't really do interviews and all that stuff. And he's one of the main guys that are still doing new comedy constantly. That's how he makes his money. He mm-hmm. goes out there, he does his comedy shows. He's coming to Richmond yeah. in February, and so the other guys. They're not doing that. They're doing TV shows. They're doing something else. He talked about how a lot of them stole his jokes, stole mm-hmm. his stuff. Oh, man. He really don't like Steve Harvey. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, uh, he made some really, he made some some strong allegations against a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But it's up to the, the culture whether or not you want to listen, believe. I just leave it out there. But I'm, uh, I appreciate him telling his story. But he talked about Jonathan Majors and he was like, yeah, they said that. He said, he said, they, they set that young man up. Mm-hmm. I didn't say the word he said. <laughs> and then they're like, mm. and they took him down too. So I was like, well, dang. Wow. Yeah. But I, I feel really bad for him because despite his personal life, most to be honestly, this stuff is not any of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it reflects that. I don't think it shows he's like some habitual like beater of women or all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, then yes. But I feel like this was a skirmish between two people that were just in an unhealthy relationship, did mm-hmm. not know how to communicate well, mm-hmm. and are, it's good that they're separated. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like this is their personal spat. I don't think it reflects on his business. Mm-hmm. But you see Amber Heard and Jimmy and Johnny Depp uh, after their stuff, they both still got projects they're doing. They lost stuff, mm-hmm. but they still got projects that they're doing. But Jonathan Majors lost all of his stuff. He lost his representation. He didn't get to see his daughter. It's it's too much. Hmm. Like, for a black man, it's, like, worse. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody will pick him up. All his stuff is gone. Everything. Hmm. And I really hope he gets a second chance. He was saying that in his interview, too, that he's like, I think I deserve a second chance. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, he didn't really harm anybody. And the misdemeanor that he got charged with was, like, unintentional recklessness. And I was like, this is some BS. They dropped him for unintentional recklessness? It's because he got charged guilty. He got charged. Like, the verdict came back guilty. And then they changed the charge to a misdemeanor, unintentional recklessness in harming the girl. 
honestly, even the way he held her, like she could have inflicted some of the, the wounds were minor at best. They were minor that she had. Mm-hmm. And they were like a swollen finger and a laceration behind her ear. And I'm like, you don't think she could have done that to herself? Like if he's just picking her up and putting her in a car, how he scratch her ear? Mm-hmm. But she scratched all his face up and he had evidence of what she scratched him up mm-hmm. trying to get his phone and trying to get at him. Mm-hmm. But the charges that she that she, that she incurred got thrown out. Mm. So I was like, I'm like, if you're going to charge him for beating her, she need to be charged. Like, if you're going to charge him for beating her, she need to be charged for beating him. That's for what's fair. Mm. Like, because that's what's fair. I mean, the video shows he wasn't trying to beat her at all. He was really just trying to be like, yo, you need to get up off me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have no trouble. Like, that's what I saw in the video. Mm-hmm. That he was like, I don't want no trouble. Mm-hmm. But she didn't brought all the trouble. So anyway, y'all go look. We'll drop some stuff in the show notes so y'all can go look at all this stuff. But it's really hot stuff that's been talked about for the past month now. Mm -hmm. Since everything dropped and everything came out. Well, I will say the past few weeks, it's just been really hot right now. But I really feel bad for him because he's an excellent actor. He really is. And I don't think his crap should suffer. Emphasizes young black men. You gotta stay woke. Mm -hmm. And maybe stay (laughs) woke. He's creeping. They gon' find you. Yeah. Don't let them and catch you sleeping. Ooh, was, stay woke. It was sad. It was sad. It Cat, is. Cat and Williams a boy, him a slave too. A he boy was like, crazy slave running. bitches. Oh, right. She was. She even looked like she was a crazy. She's like, not even from the U.S. She's from England. And I was like, <clears throat> Why y'all always gotta find these crazy? Right. You right. But now you with a Coretta Scott. Now you with Megan. <laughs> Anyway, Anyways. let's go. Sorry. Uh, my last uh, blurred out is my actually. Bad. I totally took. <laughs> no, I no, totally no, cut no, into your good. blurred out. You know, we, we free flowing over here. Yeah. Is uh, True Detective. What's that? It's a Max show. So my mom, like, it's our next Mommy and Me watch. Mm. So my mom saw, like, trailers on just, like, TV commercials for mm-hmm. True Detective Night Country. And she went to try to find it, but she was like, why does it say season four? And I'm like, I think this is like a spinoff of the show True Detective, which I had heard of, but it's not. It's just season four of True Detective. So this I is think a nonfiction show? Like No, no, no. It's a fiction show. Mm. Um, the first season has um Matthew McConaughey and uh what's his name from White Men Can't Jump? Why well, I always blank on his Woody name. Woody Harrelson. Yes, thank you, Woody Harrelson. And I think it's similar. Um, the best format I can compare it to is like American Horror Story. Mm. Each season of American Horror Story has like a different story. Sometimes cast, they tend to use a lot of the same actors and actresses playing different parts, but each one's different. Mm. Like they had the original one, which was like in the house. The second one was like in like, it was Asylum. The third one was like Freak Show. And then they had like um, Coven. So each season had like its own name and was like a different story, almost and like anthology. Too? So it's like a horror sh- No, no, True Detective isn't. Um, American Horror Story is horror. Oh, okay. We watched some of them. Like some of them are very, very good. And some of them, like I couldn't get into Asylum. It's just like, it's an FX show. And, you know, each one has like a good bit of like. Creepiness? I mean, the creepiness isn't too bad, but like, you know, sex and stuff, which I'm not a prude. But just like some of my Laurel K. Hamilton books, there got to a certain point where it's like, mm, K. 
can't really see the plot anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's me and mom, me and mom both were in agreement. We just stopped Asylum. Yeah. But they it's have a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Like um, the, the first one, the Haunted House one, um, Freak Show, and Coven. Oh, my God. Coven was so good. It had Kathy Bates. It had um, Angela Bassett. This is Detective. This is uh, American Horror Story. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Tangent. Yeah, but anyway. I was like, which one are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, each one has, like, it's, it's got, like, almost like a subtitle. Oh, okay. Each season has, like, Yeah, episode. American Horror Story Asylum, American Horror Story Coven, American Horror Story um, Freak Show. So, True Detective Night Country is basically, it's the fourth season, but the fourth season is called night country mm. but it's still true detective so i don't know if they all have a name for each season because the fourth one's called night country but as far as i can tell i didn't see where any of the three seasons before had like a name i guess they just did it differently for the fourth one but we ended up watching the first season with matthew mcconaughey and um woody harrelson um and we'll eventually get to season four with uh, Jodie Foster and some other ladies. Really that it, the trailer for Night Country, which is the fourth season, looks really interesting. But we're making our way through. We're on. I'm only on episode two, mm-hmm. but it's really intriguing. It's like a crime drama, mm. but it's very interesting. And Matthew McConaughey just looks like he's just been throwing himself into character. <laughs> yeah, he's been losing weight, losing weight, and gaining it, and mm-hmm. I'm like. He's been yo-yoing, looking all sorts of crazy. Yeah, but he's like he used to be the dreamboat. I used to tell, I used to call like Johnny Depp kind of like the chameleon. He would just like change each part. It was like he was like the top actor for me. But Matthew McConaughey just looks like he's just like this part. He's playing it excellently. That's good. All right. So True Detective. Yeah, True Detective. So it's really it's Max. Okay. I think it was an HBO show, but you know Max is mm-hmm. basically HBO and a bunch of other stuff. So you can watch it on Max. Mm-hmm. First two episodes are very intriguing. And we know how much women love like true crime. I don't I, I, don't. I doubt this is true crime, but you know, it's like a crime drama. I, so. <laughs> I don't like true crime. I don't want to hear about people dying. I don't want to know. I'm not big into true crime but when on our girls trips we watch snapped with lee Quinn, actually i do get it it's it's, it's it's intriguing but i don't make it a point to watch it i don't know why i don't even get the appeal but i guess when it's surviving true crime, it's like you know like, oh this is what happened this is what people are actually doing and i think the part that they're real is what bothers me because it's like i always see it's like oh wow the depravity of men more and more so that People yeah. that are beloved of each other, supposed to, you know, they're mm. re- like reneging on each other, harming each other, mm. supposed to be in love, supposed to be taking care of each other. Then they, like you say, they snap. And then they do things that are so horrible and fiendish. And Maybe Jonathan Major should watch Snapped. Um, anyway, I think you should Maybe watch he would have been helped. He's not, he's not innocent in any way. Like, th- again, this is a relationship problem between mm-hmm. the both of them. He did cheat on the girl and he was, you know, he's not like the best boyfriend, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was not the best boyfriend, but I don't think he's an abuser. After watching everything, and I'm like, and this is what the verdict is showing. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to stamp him as. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's correct. Mm. Yeah. If he was a downright abuser, I'd be like, I've... I've Throw him out with the rest of the trash. If he's Basically, Chris Brown should have should have got more jail time than he did, mm-hmm. and Chris Brown didn't get any jail time. So, oh, he did. Mm-mm. Oh my god, no, he didn't get no jail time for beating Rihanna that bad. And basically, I mean, it looks really tame. Whatever Jonathan Majors did to this girl, 
super tame compared to what Rihanna, what happened to Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And Chris Brown didn't go to jail at all. So um, I don't know. But anyway. Okay. He but got yeah. some charges, though. Check out right. True Detective, y'all. And y'all Check be out. careful in these relationships out here. Make really? sure you're not hooking up yeah. with crazy people. Y'all be careful with all that stuff. And especially if y'all want to join the entertainment industry. There's some stuff going on. Some gatekeepers, some Illuminati stuff. I was like, what? Watch Cat Williams and y'all discern for yourselves, okay? <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into a review now, right, Whitney? Yeah. Oh, and watch Spy Kids. I mean, Spy Kids. Watch Spy Family <laughs> on Hulu. Spy Kids. And to watch season two, find one of your fishy sides where you watch anime. Y'all know what's up. Y'all know what's up. <laughs> anyway. All right. So we're going to get into the review of American fiction. Yes. Yes. Right now. <laughs> So I just wanted to leave some space. <laughs> All right. So American Fiction is this um, new uh, film starring Jeffrey Wright. Who I love. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, Erica Alexander. Everybody knows her as Maxine from Living Single. Living Single. I mm-hmm. love that show. Me too. Um, also, Tracy Ellis Ross for a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm just Sterling K. Brown. And his ass. And his ass. Oh, my God. Yes. The body was banging. When he and came Issa in. Like the, the beach house scene, and I was looking at him in them pants. I was like, damn. Right? I was like, Sterling, everybody's not Idris, but I'm not. You looking good. You looking tasty. I like dark chocolate. Okay. I felt, I'm sorry. I felt lecherous or something. Women can be lecherous too, because I, I was right? like, damn. Oh, wait. <laughs> The but whole the scene, scene, I was just focused on Me too. Ass. The body was banging. I was just like, Sterling, <laughs> you look this tight and right in This Is Us. What's going What happened? But I don't know if it's because he had to be like a gay guy. And I'm not going to lie to you. Gay guys always keep themselves really fit. Hmm. So I don't know if that was it. And he wanted to make sure he was doing the part or that's just his normal body now. I'm like, mm, the wife is lucky. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or the wife was enjoying, okay? <laughs> but Sterling K. Brown was in Anne Issa Rae. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so this film was not on anyone's radar, really, right? Wouldn't Undermarketed. You? Like, we were going to review another movie, but it wasn't available in theaters anywhere in our area. Mm-hmm. So I suggested to Bola because we were going to do Aquaman 2, but Bola was like, there's nothing to chew on there. There really is. <laughs> Well, Aquaman 2 is, I mean, I still think 1 was better than 2, but mm. 2 was good, but I was just like, I, I haven't really, watched it yet. I don't really have much to say about 2. Gotcha. But, so I was like, okay, you don't want to do that. This other one that you wanted to see is in there. I was like, what about American fiction? Because the only, I, I have only seen it or heard of it one time before we went to see it. And it was in a trailer, I think it was before The Color Purple, when I saw The Color Purple for the second time and actually got there in enough time to see all the trailers. Oh, you watched it twice? I did. Oh, wow. Even after the podcast. It's not like I was doing it to, like, mm. reprep. I was just, just I thought it. it was just so phenomenal that I wanted to see it again. Side note, I remember I went to, I was, I went to the, my favorite store to shop, tour, mm-hmm. and I swear to you not, a bunch of black girls were talking about this film right after we had done our mm-hmm. episode and I was just like listening to them chatter because of course some one girl was just she was not about it one she didn't know it was a musical mm-hmm. so that was also what like threw her mm-hmm. she was like I don't like musicals or she just wasn't prepared because I think she, if she was prepared for the musical then she would be like oh more better to handle it but since she didn't know it was a musical and she wasn't prepared for it she didn't like it mm-hmm. 
And, you know, everyone likes the old one so much. Mm -hmm. So they were feeling it. And it was just interesting listening to them talk mm -hmm. about the, what they liked and what they didn't like. And then in my mind, I was trying not to judge them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? It was really good. It's actually good for this time. Really light. <laughs> but she wasn't feeling it. And the other girls were like, oh, no, I liked it. It was nice. And so it was interesting. But I liked hearing the conversation mm -hmm. in the store. That yeah. was a side note. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it, that's the only time that I saw anything, anything I'm about this not, movie. I didn't hear nothing about it until the Golden Globes, and I only knew about American fiction because I decided to one day be like, well, sometimes I do like the art house films. Mm -hmm. um, not even sometimes I do like art house films for for the sake of seeing what they're trying to say, what messages, you know, mm -hmm. like why is it critically acclaimed? So I just decided to see, you know what, the Golden Globes. Everyone was talking about it, and I was like. Oh, before it comes out, let me see what stuff is nominated. Mm. So I was just looking at a list on on Google, just a list of films. Yeah, and I saw it in one of the you know the categories, and I was like, "What's American fiction?" Because I was like, I was looking through to see if I knew knew mm -hmm. all the films. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I think I know I've heard of these. Yeah, and I was like, well, "What do I want to watch?" You know, and then I saw. I'm not gonna lie to you. I told Whitney earlier. When I saw the, uh, the the title, American Fiction, I was like, hmm, this is going to be some white people about white stuff and white <laughs> stuff. Got it. You know, and then I clicked the, th the, the thing, and then it took me to the, I was like, oh, wait, Jeffrey, right? Oh, wait. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> this looks interesting. And then I forgot about it because I was so focused on trying to watch Origin, right, with me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie to you. This film totally surprised me, and I can see why it's getting all its acclaim and buzz. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's your first impression? First impression. I mean, well, my first impression was the trailer. And yeah, the like anytime I go it. to movies, um, I actually love trailers. I love getting to the movies in enough time to see all the trailers because that's how you found out about stuff coming out yeah. and good stuff. So Sometimes they undersell stuff and sometimes they oversell stuff. <laughs> that's Let's true. be real. That's the true. The trailer could be fire and then the movie flops. It's like <laughs> Black Adam. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Film was crap, man. <laughs> But that trailer was fire. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. But it was just, I watched it and it was so intriguing. Right. So I was like, ooh, I, I always keep a running list in mm -hmm. like my Google Keep of like movies that I'm interested in. Mm. So uh, when Bola was like, uh, we want I want to, we want to do, let's do Origin. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And then it was playing nowhere. I was like, okay, well, you don't want to do Aquaman 2. What about American fiction? And I was like, yes, you have done it. Because I was like, <laughs> It was in the back of my mind, and I totally forgot that I wanted mm -hmm. to check it out. Mm -hmm. And I was going to check if it was streaming anywhere. Yeah. Because I didn't know how long it had been out. You know, and I was like, when did this film come out? I don't, it wasn't I was on my radar at all. I was surprised, too, by the fact that it was already out. Because I had, like, a note that I was interested in it, but I didn't mm -hmm. know it was already right. out. Right. <laughs> and so I just saw, I saw the trailer, and I just was like, I knew it was something I wanted to check out. Because mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, Sterling is in this. Mm, this but I like Jeffrey Wright. I and really he's like playing Jeffrey an Wright. Intellectual Negro, which I like. That's that's just him. That's that's him. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's. I swear this was like real life. Like I felt like he was really this per this person. <laughs> uh, you know, without the you know, and he had a strong connection to the the character <laughs> and everything too. It was like part of his life was playing out on screen. That's what he said. Hmm. Um, I watched a lot of the interviews afterwards. I recommend doing that, guys. Here. Your blurred girl, your black nerd girl is telling you a topic, <laughs> a tip to understand some of these films. Because sometimes they go over your head. Right, Whitney? That's true. It can. Like, some, some parts of this film went a little too meta for me. And then I was like, <laughs> but then some of the meta stuff was really funny. So, 
Oh my god, the scene where he's writing my pathology. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so the premise before we get into yeah, yeah. the premise of the film is that this is a black man who he is a writer, he's a very much an intellectual and he wants to be recognized and known as just a writer, not the black writer, right? Mm-hmm. And so but he hasn't really been selling a lot of books. He's written other books, but mm-hmm. he hasn't really been his stuff hasn't been selling. He like he's in the throes of trying to get uh, his newest thing published and nobody's picking it up, you mm-hmm. know? And he looks and sees what is actually being out there, what people are taking. And he thinks it's like basically nothing but sm- not smut, but mut- it's more like more of the debasing, dehumanizing black stories. He's being really critical of it, but he's like, it's just like all the stuff they always expect from black people. Yeah. That's what he's they really want. upset. Cause he gets like notes on his one that he's trying to get published. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want it to be more black, <laughs> more black. I'm like, well, you tell me what that is. Okay. <laughs> I'd black. like to see if you don't commit a civil, a civil rights violation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Speaking of civil rights violation, the, when he was called to be on like the, uh, the, the judges panel. Oh my gosh. And the way hilarious. the guy pitched it to him, he was like, yeah, we realized that we have really not had the diversity. Mm-hmm. yeah he was like oh yeah uh as much as i like that you guys are wanting to uh hire me because you're afraid of being called racist right and he, the other dude like took it in stride it went right over his head he right. did not even clue he in did not care and, and i think that's the point of the film was that so he was so upset about seeing what people are watching the the, the, the black the reading mm-hmm. and 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 i guess um what is being seen as what's best in the black culture, all the mm-hmm. stuff that's like about, you know, baby mama dramas, unwed moms, you know, rappers, rappers, drug dealers, crime, mm-hmm. slavery movies. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the basically the black trauma porn, the black trauma Olympics. Mm. That's what he's been like, like tired because he's like, we're more than the trauma we bear. Yeah. You know, and I think it's so interesting that, um, and so, well, let me go back to what, to the main character. So, his name is Monk. So what he does is like out his of spite. His name is actually Thelonious. His name is his real name is Thelonious, but the character is like the main. Like everybody calls him Monk in yeah. the show, <laughs> but his real name is Thelonious. But everyone calls him Monk. And the main point is like out of spite, he writes one of those types of uh, books just out of spite, just like and he full of stereotypes agent. and yes. profile. In fact, it was even misspelled. <laughs> just to like be really he starts funny. typing it, and he starts typing my pathology, <laughs> and then he he backspaces he and put my pathology with, with an like F. F instead of it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and surprisingly, uh, this stuff gets this pathology gets picked up. And now he's got, uh, now he's receiving all this acclaim and success, and people want to publish it, people want to pay for it, people want to make it a movie, and he is like upset, upset because he's like, no way. He this put was a, uh, this was me like sticking it to you guys, yeah, like showing you what assholes you are, <laughs> and then he's forced to like because he actually needs the money from this because you know he hasn't been making money he was put on an un- in involuntary administra- administrative leave because of his behavior mm-hmm. and his personal issues <laughs> his family's not doing well he had a death in the family and his mom needs some, some help so he actually needs the money yeah. so he kind of goes along with it and makes this fake black guy who's been in jail who's a fugitive all this stag Arlie. Lee. <laughs> yeah you think some college boy made up this stuff oh my god it's so oh lord just and to when see he's, jeffrey wright act when like he's that with his like editor his man well i guess it's his manager and they're calling like the, the publisher's calling in 
to talk about his book when he first like answered she's like we are so excited stag can i call you stag and he was like oh well thank you and then there's like a long pause and it flashes to the like the the publisher and her face looks mm-hmm. and then he was like oh yeah that's right and then she's like, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> and it's like, wow. It's a, this is very much a satirical look at what black people have to deal with, especially black creators and stuff. And I like that the um, the, the writer and director, actually, what I found out from my studies, um, mm-hmm. not studies, but like my research into listening to the cast and the filmmakers and mm-hmm. stuff was that the core Jefferson, who is the author and director mm-hmm. of this uh, not author, let's say he wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. But he actually based this off a book by somebody named Percival Gaines or Percival something mm-hmm. called Erasure. Mm-hmm. So Erasure was the real book. And then he adapted it for based off his um, based off the book and based <laughs> off his life mm-hmm. because he was a journalist at one point. And then he said he kept finding out that it was like as he was writing stuff, he kept getting stories about, oh, you want to you write about Trayvon Martin? You want to write about um, Michael Brown? You want to write about, you know, uh, Breonna Taylor? Every, like, it was just almost like he was getting so depressed. Mm-hmm. And it was miserable for him to be a journalist because it was like he was constantly just getting the racism beat. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we're more than this. I can write more things. Mm-hmm. So he left journalism and went to screenwriting. And then he said that it followed him the problem followed him that he was asked to write things that are about racism about slavery about you know mm-hmm. and he was like even in fiction which is why he when he made this story because mm-hmm. he's like even in fiction black people were being pigeonholed into this you know Stereotype. the slavery trauma for, like that's the only thing that is good that's the only thing that is real that is the only thing that's us mm-hmm. you know and he's like why is it in a genre where we can make stuff up that I can't make something like this American fiction mm-hmm. which is about a black man who's very much intellectual who wants to be seen as a writer just a literary writer mm-hmm. not a black writer or write about all that stuff and it, uh, this film also makes me um kind of like puts it a like a con- like a conflict because at the same time like yeah i really feel like he's right in what he's saying and how mm-hmm. he feels but at the same time we can't also deny that that is reality for some people's life and yes. some people take it like they make fun of tyler perry those kind of things mm-hmm. and you know the even Issa ray's character in this story she writes one of those kind of books mm-hmm. And even the the title was like as something. It was just a bunch of nonsense. Ebonics was on the. I was like, "Wees mm. lives in the ghetto." Yeah, I think Wees lives in the ghettos or something. <laughs> and the way she was, even the writing itself was Wait, like, it, I was like, "Now who talking like that in the ghetto?" Because you look like you mixing slavery times with the ghetto. I don't know, but she wrote it and she became really popular. And that was the book right now. You know, mm-hmm. it was the book, and he was. So upset he about was so upset because that this was what Issa was Rae's character ended up being on the panel with him, and they had like a like a they had like a oh not an argument but a very much a disagreement. And it was really interesting because now this person that he probably looked down on, mm-hmm. he's interacting with her on this judges panel, and he you see that she's a very intelligent person, right. and he was like, wait a minute, she was like. I don't like I disagree because like his book ends up being one of the ones like the book the, the, that he wrote the, as yeah, a the joke. White people love it. <laughs> yeah. Gets up like being considered for the thing that he's judging. And he was like, no, I don't think we can should consider this book. And she was like, yeah. I agree. She was like, I think it is so stereotyped and stuff. And he was like, he was surprised. Yeah, that he agreed with her. But then he also saw her book 
as the same category. And that's when she was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I did research for my book. Mm-hmm. You're looking down on my, and then she was like, what's wrong with giving people the what, they, what want. they want? If they want this type of story, give that to them. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be looking down on those black stories just because it's not your experience. Yeah. So the main message I was getting out of this film was that, um, at first I thought the main message was like, yeah, black people can be more than this. But mm-hmm. then at the end, by the end, I was also getting the fact that it's like, okay, we're not looking down on these things. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes me and her were just talking about how we kind of avoid the slave movies mm-hmm. or the civil rights movies mm-hmm. now, because it's just like, we're tired of that. Yeah. We want to see black people in elevated forms mm-hmm. besides racism, trauma. Yeah. Can we see some, us doing something else? Like, that's why we love Wakanda so much, you mm-hmm. know, because we seeing black people and it's not about those issues. Right. But it's also like, okay, but these things are existing. People like the drug dealer stories and the, you know, yeah. the, the, the baby mama dramas and those things have a place as well. So it's not that Which, we should look down on those things, but exactly. it's also, it's like, we can do more than these two. Exactly. And we are more. Like, just because you want something, you want to read or consume something different, doesn't mean you should look down on or judge other people for wanting something that they find entertaining. Right. And exactly. it was, it was a... I love it even more for that message because I think, you know, being a person who is not into that type of stuff usually, I think I can also run into being a monk type of person. Mm -hmm. So it was really good because it's like it's like pointing, you know, kind of looking in on your own kind of prejudices that you might have. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You like if it's not my experience, doesn't mean I should judge other stuff. It's just not what I want to read, but right. it's just like being careful not to get into where you're looking down on or judging mm. other people for liking that type of things. things. Right. And for seeing, I mean, I don't blame him. You do get mad at times, especially yeah. if you are an intellectual type mm-hmm. and you're just like, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's one of the things I, I understand too, because I was mm-hmm. like, I saw those things growing up, those films. I watched them, mm-hmm. but they were like, they're not my experience. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't be out in the streets. I'm, my family's from Nigeria, so that was never going to be my story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, I would die, <laughs> you know? And so, but I was like, this is what was fed to me. This is what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. But even so, I would love to see us do other things. Like, mm-hmm. I liked when I saw, like, the Dean Thomas in Harry Potter, even though it was, we're not in there often. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing it. Mm-hmm. I liked, uh, as I got older, being able to read all these new fantasy fictions mm-hmm. and things, uh, black stories that are different. Yeah. You know, the alternative black girl, the, the nerd black girl. You right. Know? So it's like, can we have the same space that other races have to be, you know, different to be all the things we can be, you know what right. I mean? Right, and I love because it's like a, it's a very complex. It's a comedy, but it's also very complex. It's very satirical, yes, yeah. Because you like, I had to kind of examine myself mm-hmm. at certain points because I'm like, yeah, dude, like, why, why is it all, why is it all yeah. ebonics all the time? Yeah, but then it's like, I mean, you can you can have the thought, but don't like look down right. on people because of it. Because right. she was like an intelligent writer and. The things she said to him made so much sense. He was like, I want to focus on like blah, 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 black potential or something. And she was like, potential. That's what people say when they seeing what's in front of them is not good enough. Yes. And I like that, that line was, oh. was she, she dropped a bomb on him on that one. Yes. I was like, mm, explain, <laughs> assess yourself. That's what <laughs> she was saying. Right. Assess yourself. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. I was joining you with me because I was just like, 
But when I was, I'm not going to lie, when she was reading her little excerpt mm-hmm. and the title and everything, I was like, oh, yeah, your stuff is in that same vein. Yeah. And I was judging her as well. I was like, I know you're I not talking with your book out like that, too. I mm-hmm. was I was on Monk's side a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I was hearing too. her talk. I was like, well, damn, she's right. And you know, the other thing that made it worse, that made her even more right is the fact that when she asked him about, like, you know, his judgment of her book, she was like, did you read it? And he's like, no. See? And it's like, this judgment was made on an excerpt and exactly. the title. He right. didn't even read, read the, the book. book. Exactly. So he just judged it automatically. And, he, I mean, he had a lot of other issues, anger, probably dis- disillusionment and, you know, frustration mm-hmm. at his life and things. And he was also somebody who, like, he kept people away. And I think that was one of the things for why the article I have sent you mm-hmm. helped me to understand the ending because I didn't like, I liked certain parts of the meta-ness mm-hmm. and then the ending was why the, the meta stuff really threw me because I was like, I don't want this meta thing you're doing to get in, in the way of me understanding the resolution of this because I was not sure what happened by the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, as you guys know, we've been saying that Monk decided to write this book, and he, he, he played the person. He went along the journey because he needed the money. Mm-hmm. He went along with everything. And he wrote under everything. the pen name, Stag mm-hmm. Arley, and he we pretended he that he was a, 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 a fugitive, a, fugitive mm-hmm. a felon, possibly then, a murderer. And then also, the real Monk was on this panel of people reading and selecting the, who's going to get the literature award. Mm-hmm. And then the girl, Issa Rae's character, Sinatra, who wrote that other book, mm-hmm. she was also on the panel. So they were like the two only black people and then these three other white people mm-hmm. were on the panel to pick who was going to get the National Literary Book Award. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is his book, his, his F.U. book, was also <laughs> in the running. And everyone else in the, in the, well, not her, but the other three people on the plan- panel wanted the book to be number one. They loved it. And it was well read. It's so funny because he thought it was terrible, but everybody loved it. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, this is good. It was raw. It was something. And he was just like, no. So he had to deal with that conflict of lying and keeping secrets and not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell anyone that he did this. The only person I knew was his agent. And it was really actually making him have problems in his personal life. Like, And I also want to touch on something else. Like what we talked about with uh, Issa Rae's character, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Centara Golden or mm-hmm. Gold. She was like, he was like, how is this different? She was like, I researched, like Mm -hmm. I did, like I looked into this stuff. Mm -hmm. He did not do any of that. So like what she wrote could have actually been from people's experiences. And that's the difference. He did it as an FU. He was purposefully stereotypical. It was just a spiteful book. He just wrote it out of anger and he didn't think it was going to go anywhere or do anything. And then. He wanted to pull the plug many times because mm-hmm. he was shocked and um, upset. But then that money that was coming at him. Yeah. Movie deals, you know, meeting with executives and stuff was coming at him for the first time. And I just want to touch know? on like as a create, we're both creatives. Mm-hmm. And I just want to touch on something that's actually from Rent. Mm-hmm. And that I think kind of Issa Rae's character almost was kind of saying in a different way. Because she was like, what's wrong with giving people what they want? Which I want to come back to the uh, the song from Rent, Today for You, Tomorrow for Me. Mm. And then his uh, his agent, yeah. when he put out the like, what were they, like Johnny Walkers or something? Right. The, the different like, 
I don't know, tequilas. I don't know what it, I don't yeah. know alcohol, y'all. The alcoholic drinks. Yeah. And he used that as an example. And he was how- like, you, you put out like the top tier stuff. Yeah. Like not many people can afford, afford it. it. Yeah. You know, but it's the best stuff. This mm-hmm. stuff in the middle, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's decent. He was like, this yeah. stuff down here is not good, but a lot of people, people can, can afford, afford it. So it, they, they buy, buy it. it. Right. So he's like, he's like more people are going to buy this thing. It's not great. But more people are going to buy it. You've been writing this, and that's why not many people buy are it, buying it. It's highbrow fiction, and it's not bad. It's great. It's good quality, but it's like not everybody. Not everybody's going to go. For, if you want to be popular, if you want to get the money, you know, you not appeal to the masses. And even people who are into who, to the masses, I consider myself a pretty intelligent person. There mm-hmm. are some things that, depending on the denseness of it, I'm like, I can't read this. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. So even people who like, you know, who he would consider intelligent, sometimes people just want an easy read. Mm-hmm. Some people want the stories that show their everyday life or mm-hmm. stories that they can understand. Mm-hmm. They're about their neighborhoods, mm-hmm. their towns, their experiences. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has, uh, like I said, this fan, he comes from a family of everybody's a doctor. That's rare for black people where your whole family's a doctor. There mm-hmm. are some. But it's rare where you have the, you know, the highbrow mm-hmm. Negro family. You know what I mean? So that's the, he, that's where he comes from. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're in the upper echelons and thought and all that kind of stuff. But not everybody is. Some people are, you know, just in the field chilling, living their everyday life. Nothing's wrong with them. But they prefer something more simple, something more relatable. Yeah. And that's okay, too. And it's okay that you can write both. And I like the character. I thought that... Um uh, how does she pronounce it? Coraline or Cor- Coraline? Coraline. I liked her character as an interesting kind of. It wasn't a mirror, but it was like a, a stand-in because it it kind of showed why he was the problem mm-hmm. because she loved his book. Yeah, she already liked him. That was the problem I had with, with him because what I liked with the ending and what uh, the article that we'll put in the show notes showed is that. All of his thoughts and criticisms and hang- anger and everything, it really isolated him from other people. Mm. You know, and it really isolated him from his family and from the masses and people. Like, it's like, okay, it's okay that you have all these awesome thoughts, but if you can't connect with anybody, mm. th- it's, it's useless because it's just you with your thoughts. The whole thing is to connect with others, share thoughts, share things. You have to be able to communicate and, and let people in. Like his brother um, said it in the show. He's like, He's like, uh, Monk, it's high time you let everybody love all of you. Mm -hmm. Let everybody in to love all of you. That's a good point coming back around to Coraline because he couldn't, he only wanted to love like the the highbrow parts, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Because Coraline, he he liked liked that she she was, she's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. She's an intelligent person. She liked his book and his, all of his books before then were like very, the highbrow stuff. And she really liked his book. She had read like mm-hmm. one of them, and then she read another one after she met him. Mm-hmm. But then she also read the one that he wrote as like an as FU the, to everybody, and she liked me. it. And he was so upset mm-hmm. that she liked it. And it's like, I and think it's coming back around too. to what you're saying about his brother saying, You have to let people love all of you. Like, right. people aren't going to be just one thing, they can love this highbrow stuff right, right. and then also get maybe really like the entertainment of some really <laughs> lowbrow <Right. laughs> flavor flavor stuff too right exactly people love you know these awesome shows like succession and everything and but then people love 
Oh, shoot. Reality TV gets watched. <laughs> People love 90 Day Fiance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I, I don't like 90 Day Fiance. I don't like reality TV. Mm-hmm. But if I'm at the breeder and I get stuck watching it, I mm-hmm. get sucked in for a bit. You know what I mean? It's entertaining. So it is. You get sucked in and I don't follow up afterwards. But sometimes I'll be like, hmm. If I should go catch it and see what happened to that couple. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're, you're pulled in. You're like, you I mean, I'm not going to make a point necessarily to watch right. it, but I do, I especially like Pillow Talk, the one where they've got other other people who I guess used to be on there, right, right. like watching it and commentating. I right. really like that. And I'm like, I'm interested in hearing what they have to, to say. Exactly. And this. so what I liked was that not only this film um, to go back to what you were saying about mm-hmm. Coraline, because Coraline is a really interesting character mm-hmm. in the story. She came at a time that he actually needed someone. And mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like she's you an example of when you do bad somebody. all by yourself. Well, I was going to say, you can do bad all by yourself. <laughs> you somebody, he did need somebody. Mm-hmm. That was his problem. I feel like he met the right person. He met somebody who would be in there with him. Mm-hmm. But because of his behavior and the, how he was, and he really effed it up himself. Like he, he really did. And again, it was like, she was like, why are you getting mad at me for liking a book? And she was like, this book has nothing to do with you. You haven't read it. She doesn't know that you are stag Arlie. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting mad at her for liking a book? Mm-hmm. And it was like, you're getting mad because she's telling you she likes both of these sides of you. Mm-hmm. But you haven't let her in to let her know that, hey, this is me and this is me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and you don't like that part. One. Right. And, she, and honestly, what I like was I saw an, an interview with Erica and she, someone was comment, um, complimenting her on her part because they really liked how she stood up for herself. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I loved their little love story yeah. in the story, in the, in the film, I really hated that it broke apart and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, she recognized that, Oh, this man has some unhealthy things mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be able to get or understand what's going on. He's not ready for me. Mm-hmm. I need to love myself and be like, this is done. And so I love that that person, that interviewer recognized that mm-hmm. part in a, a black woman saying, Hey, yeah, I like you. I love you. I love you, whatever, but I need to love myself. I just got out of a divorce I really do like you, mm-hmm. but you're not in a healthy space. So I don't you like this go. part where you have a problem that you're not right. working on. Right. And she decided, even though he came back and said he was sorry, only through text message, though, she decided I'm not going to talk to you anymore. We're done. I really appreciate that. But I really felt like he was me missed out on such a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it was all, honestly, the film needed that to show what he was missing out on. What all of his anger about life or things and whatever was going on was doing to him and other people. He just missed out on a good thing. And I thought it was interesting getting back almost into like, like a, a family cycle. Yeah. Cause I remember when he was talking to his mom in the nursing home, even though mm-hmm. she thought he was uh, his brother and he was like, did you know that dad was cheating on you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and she's like, yeah. He was like, why did you stay with him? She was like, you know, he was a genius and some genius, geniuses often get really lonely. And if Mm -hmm. I would have left him, he would have been even more lonely Mm -hmm. than he already was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's so interesting because he was was like, that's part of his problem. And he was a genius and he's like, he's above, he's got himself above everyone. So Mm -hmm. he can't connect. Mm -hmm. And that's what's creating these issues. Yeah. Well, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Yeah. And it's creating these issues. And it's like, you've got to be able 
to come down from your high horse. You can't be judge of everyone. And the funny thing is, Monk only decided to do the... He didn't want to be the diversity... Um, the diversity pick for their selection committee. He yeah. only decided to do it because he would have the opportunity <laughs> to, to judge, judge other, other people. <laughs> and I was like, that's so like weak. But I was like, anyway, this film was full of so many like satirical moments. But mm-hmm. what the, the trailer doesn't show you to that, it really also is a family drama. Mm. I thought this film was so well balanced. It with really was. The satire, the, the serious, the family it showed all the parts of Monk mm-hmm. and fleshed him out as a human being. He wasn't perfect. He was, like I said, he royally messed up with my and girl. his family wasn't Hold perfect, on. too. His and part was of it was mess. because of some family issues and probably because of his, like, mental issues. And as his mom said, she was like, uh, so issues. you're depressed. Depressed, <laughs> And he right? was like, no, I'm not. She was like, oh, so you got all the symptoms of depression. But right. That was so funny. <laughs> the mom pointed that out, right? <laughs> And then she ended up having Alzheimer's yeah. um, and catching that early. And then he was in the throes of having to like really deal with all the family issues, his internal issues, his pride, his work. It was like everything was culminating, bubbling over. Yeah. But then there was also moments where he got to just see his mom, realize things. Like there was a lovely, the, I love those scenes where he's uh, really appreciative of Lorraine, who's their maid, I guess. Or caretaker. I think she was helping to care for the house, like, but maybe. I think she's actually family too. I'm. I, I didn't. I wasn't I quite know. sure because he remember when his brother was talking to him and he was like, "Lorraine is family." I think I thought they've been together it. for so long. I think I she was the maid. I thought so too, but I think maybe so she's actually family as well. So maybe she's like a cousin or like. A, I don't know. I thought she was just a person that lived in the area and just ended up working for them because they were a black family of means and they could maybe. afford a, a housekeeper. I thought she was just a housekeeper and she just stayed so long. It was, it, it was kind of, it was a, it was gray for me. Yeah, I couldn't don't quite... know exactly, but f- to me, I'm pretty sure that she was family by default because she worked in the house. Yeah. And, and, and that's brought, another kind of side them. story that I really liked was like, um, Thelonious's brother, Sterling K Brown's character. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clifford was his name. Cliff, yeah. Um, because it turns out that Clifford's gay, mm-hmm. but he was married. He had kids. He's, he's and, a, he was also a doctor, a plastic surgeon. Yeah. So he gets divorced. His kids aren't talking to him because, you know, he's and you're like, wow, dad, you're gay. You know, yeah, you cheat on mom with a guy. Exactly. Right. All this stuff. And he comes back and there's this really nice moment in the nursing home where Cliff dancing is dancing with his, with his mom. And then at the end of the dance, she's like... I knew you wasn't really gay. Yeah. And he just gives her this look and he mm-hmm. walks to the door and he tells Monk, he's like, I'll be outside. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he's just broken yeah, and hurt. He's had to hide himself. And even so now, long. when he's mm-hmm. finally come out, his mom is telling him, like, you know, yeah. I knew you weren't actually. And it's kind of this wonderful moment of healing, I thought, in the film. Like, at one point, like, after the wedding, Lorraine's wedding, you see the mom <laughs> dancing with. <laughs> the two partners that he's brought back you to the what? house. I didn't even see that part. You didn't. I did not notice it was that on the, the mom porch. Was yeah, she was dancing with the white guy and I the did guy. I not look at like, that part. Yeah. it's so interesting. And then <sighs> you also see the brothers getting together by the end of it because you could tell. Um, what I like about Tracy, even though I was shocked that Tracy Ellis Ross character died so early, mm. I was like, "What the hell? No!" Because she got second billing. I'm like, <laughs> she can't be out the film so fast like that, but. You could tell she was that character, especially I know how it is taking care of an elderly parent and all the issues. Mm-hmm. She, you could tell she does 
the filling in the gap. She was the filling the gap person when her mm-hmm. older brother, and her younger brother decided to that, you know, they were just going to move away and not mm-hmm. deal with their stuff, you know, deal with their, you just move away and not take care. And she was left taking care of things. She was also a Planned Parenthood doctor with the most terrible road, Roe versus Wade joke I ever saw. My, I almost didn't catch that joke <laughs> that she <laughs> had, had in, the, in the, the, um, she was asking about basically the scene where we saw her in the car driving. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a Roe versus Wade joke and mm-hmm. she's a Planned Parenthood uh, doctor, but at the same time, I was like, this was a really bad joke, but okay, because <laughs> I didn't even catch it until somebody pointed it out. I had to, Ooh. I had to really think about it. When she said it's a, uh, it's, she was like, yeah. why is this a legal matter? She's yeah, like, but it's she, real- she, you could tell she was the glue. You could tell she was like, even though it was almost like you knew her and Cliff were closer mm-hmm. because they understood each other better, even though they didn't get to any scenes together or mm-hmm. anything. And then just based on her. Her her um her last will and testament uh that they read out at the beach on her funeral. <laughs> just that I was just like, oh my gosh, she would have been awesome to, right? to have in the whole rest of the film. <laughs> he probably would have been able to tell her that this is what he did, mm-hmm. if not anybody else in the family. Even though he left and he didn't call much, and you could tell that she still understood her brother. Mm-hmm. She understood Monk, and she could get to him. You know, but where Cliff and him had some issues. Say in the that. Um, I feel like. Monk was very intelligent, but she had emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like all of the children were intelligent. You know, they That's all true. became doctors. That's all true. three of them were doctors in some right. He was a doctor of uh, probably literature. But I feel like she maybe didn't take care of herself. Was like, she had a divorce and everything, and that's yeah. probably why. And then she, she had, had, I guess issues. it was like a heart attack or something yeah, that she had. Yeah, she had a heart something. attack and died. And, and so, I'm like, I feel like maybe she wasn't getting the care. That she needed. Yeah. 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 But Tracy's, uh, she was so funny. And even though her character was short-lived, I still liked the, the representation of what she was. She was like that, that, that car and ride. And she was the catalyst was for the, I'm not going to lie, I thought this film was going for the trauma Olympics. <laughs> because I was like, okay, first, his book is not doing well. Second, he got like, he had to leave work because he made a girl <laughs> cry because he wanted them to read a book with the N-word in it. And then he had to go see family. And then all the stuff, mom was getting sick. The bills were, it was like, I was like, wait a minute, are we doing trauma Olympics with his life? Because it was just back to back, you know, bad things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if that was also the issue, but I like that this film showed the balance because even in the throes of that stuff, you're still dealing with life. I like that it showed those, it had the sweet moments with and his I like family how members. they like um, helped to heal each other. Right. Because remember at one point um, when, um, uh, what's his brother's name again? Cliff. Cliff was leaving, and he was, like, looking back to talk to Coraline. He was like, this family will break your heart. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. And I was mad because it happened. And I was like, don't say that to her. But he did. And He I was, was trying so to warn her, though, and him. it was true. I was so mad at him for what he did at the dinner and with Coraline. I was like, don't mess this up because she's good for you. Yes. She's an intellectual like you. She already likes you because she already likes your books. She likes both sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, oh, and then he, he just messed it up. And I do not blame her one bit for not coming back at him and be like, yeah, I'll take you back or let's try again. I'm, I don't blame her at all. Yeah. She's like, I done messed up with too many. Blo-. She already was getting a divorce from one guy or they were already divorced. Mm-hmm. So she was just like, I don't need this again. So Can I say she took how care of herself. healthy that divorce looked, though. Yeah, I didn't. He, no, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. When he was like, saw this other dude, he was like, Are you, you staying for you dinner? staying for dinner? I'm like, it seems super awkward, but yeah. very healthy. You're right, you're right. And she's like, we're not together anymore, but let's be adults. 
this is my ex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The film was very adult. I really liked it. It was very adult. And then even though it had all these funny things where, you know, he was pretending to be some fugitive black dude that, you know, he ran away when he heard sirens to try to convince the dude that he was a real fugitive. But he was really worried about his mom. You thought this was, the ambulance was oh there. Oh, Lord. Tomorrow. This film has so many interesting points. And I mean, I and really... And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. This film is also very unapologetic. Not only was it well-balanced, but it's very unapologetic. And it's like, I'm black. This mm-hmm. is about black people. I love the way that they get at white people, even, in the <laughs> film. Like, even the Puerto Rican... Um, his agent is Puerto Rican. And you were just like... He was like, this scares me. Because, you know, white people, they don't they like to be absolved of things. They don't really want to get in the throat. That's why they watch this stuff. And it was like, he was like, I don't give a damn. That's not my problem. They're, like, his character was just like, I don't care about that. I want to be seen. I want to be this. I want to write this. And I, I really like that. Because it was almost like, it's constantly on the people t- uh, on the shoulders of people of color hmm. to think about how this is going to be perceived by white people. Hmm. And I was like, I don't give a damn. So sometimes there was times in my theater where me and the black girl were laughing and the black, the white people weren't. And I was just like, oh, well, y'all might not get that one. Or y'all not going to feel uh, but I was there laughing. There were some pretty funny Twitter responses, too, because yes. one person on Twitter was like, uh, the white people was laughing a little too hard in my screen of American fiction. And then his, like, reply to his own post was like, like, yes, I'm laughing, but why are you laughing? I know, right? <laughs> You know what a funny one was? I saw um, Sterling K. Brown and, and Jeffrey Wright in an interview, and they had they were just reading reviews. Mm-hmm. And then one person in the review, like, this was the best film. It was like Twitter reviews. Mm-hmm. It was like, this was the best film um, ever. They were like, I literally saw a white person in front of me Googling Tyler Perry as the <laughs> film was ending. Oh, my. <laughs> and you... Sterling and him could not stop laughing at that. It was so hilarious. Oh my God. Um, I definitely think this is a good time for the film. Like, this kind of film, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad the story Speaking could be Speaking of a good time, that comment during, um, during the film where um, one of the reviewers, mm-hmm. uh, one of the judges, like mm-hmm. the white woman, because it yeah. was two white guys, the white girl, and then it was Monk and um, Issa Rae's character. Sintara. Sintara. And she was like, I just feel like it's really important that we listen to black voices at this time. And at this time, the qualifier, I was like, really? Mm -hmm. Really? Is I mean, the tongue-in-cheekness of this, it's just like, it's so, like, it hits, it punches, but it's super funny in, like, a messed up way. But (laughs) it's super funny. Like, not going to lie to you. In this film, you'll be touched. You'll be angry. You'll be like, I can't believe this. You'll laugh. (laughs) And, I mean, I was laughing out loud for some of the parts of this film, and I enjoyed it so much. Okay, so let's get into what I didn't like. Um, What I didn't really like is only because I didn't get it, and Mm -hmm. I like things to be complete. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I love Inception, the film, I still get pissed off by the end that he just decided (laughs) to leave it open-ended. So I'm like, so what I watched for that two hours was a lie. That's what I want to (laughs) know. That's all I want to know. But anyway, he's not going to... He refuses... Christopher Nolan refuses to comment on that. (laughs) But 
the meta ness because they had like a really cool meta scene where he was writing my pathology for the first time, and then <laughs> you, you saw these two black actors get up and do like a scene. And it, one of them is Keith David. I can't remember. He's been in a number he's of been like in a number of films. But, you but guys have to just look him up. anytime you just even see him on screen, you know, you know him. <laughs> he's done so much stuff. You just know him. You know it's gonna be hilarious. Whatever. And the other one was the guy off Hamilton. He played. Um, he played one of the people in Hamilton. Uh, Hercules something? Yeah, Hercule, Herculean or something, yeah. Hercule something. Mm. Yeah, so I like that he was from Hamilton. I was like, oh, I know that dude. Anyway, he's also a Nigerian, so I'm like, hey. <laughs> but I love that little meta part where they were like, he was, they were talking at, at him as he was writing. Yeah. And they were like, what are you doing? I love that kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. But where it didn't make sense was then, there was a part in the film where he was like, I got to go back to the white dude, Adrian Brody's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Adrian Brody, Adam Brody's um, character who like just played this white dude wannabe like, oh yeah, we're going to do this film. I'm going to do this black film. He was like I a producer. Yeah, <laughs> just some, some producer type who was just like, I want the real deal. <laughs> Niggas, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what he wants. <laughs> but he was white. It doesn't understand anything. Like Plantation Annihilation was the stupidest <laughs> film stupidest idea i ever heard in my life i was like mm, can we not go jango and change please Ooh, child but what i didn't like was it seemed like he was going back to, he wanted to go back to him so i understood that part he's mm-hmm. like i want to propose another film to him but then as we're going along and we're thinking that oh uh monk is gonna like confess because his book won the literary award his mm-hmm. fake book that he ended up changing to fuck actually mm-hmm. as the title he changed it from my pathology to fuck <laughs> out of spite and the people went along <laughs> with it so he won and then he was going up there and they're like why are you coming up here you're not staggy or like lee what's going on you think as the audience that oh maybe he's learning from all the stuff all mm-hmm. the past experiences what we've been seeing for the whole film mm-hmm. the time that has passed all those things experiences maybe he's learning that oh i need to stop being this way i need to stop being this closed off i mm-hmm. need to stop being this highbrow i need to stop being this arrogant i need to be oh more open you know and mm-hmm. be my real self and tell everybody this is what i've done but then it cuts away and then like you get three different uh scenarios of how that ending that scene mm-hmm. where one or i think one or two of them were um Coraline comes back to him mm-hmm. and then she's seeing him and talking about i have a confession and another one where he just kind of ends up being shot by police and that's the one that they ended up going with. But the problem is, is like, what happened in his real life? I was like taken out of that when they went to this meta thing where they're like, no, that's not the ending. Let's redo it. So they kept going back to that scene. Mm-hmm. And it just threw me out of the film. Like, it took me out of it. And I didn't like that. Because I was like, no, I what's happening really here? liked that. <laughs> huh? What do you say about me? Because the ending made me confused. I was like, what actually I am, happened? I am not certain, to be honest, of what really happened. Me too. But I'm actually, I was okay with that. Because I, I, I like thought that. that the way that it ended with him pitching, like having to pitch these different endings to his second movie that's based on his life was, that, was hilarious. See, that's what I didn't get. Like, what was this film that he was pitching now? Is it still My Pathology? No, because I think they're already going to do My Pathology because I think at one point earlier in the movie, he was like, I want to pitch you on another. That's what I'm saying. So I, so I think he he's, he's talking about the other movie. I think the the guy's already on board kind mm-hmm. of with the second movie, not the mm-hmm. My Pathology one. Okay, um, okay. And he's trying, and he's like, "Well, but you need to have like, we need the ending to be, be better." Awesome, right? Yeah. So basically, you're saying that he basically had to like, 
I guess, cave in a little bit and be like, okay, we're going to pitch this other film and it's going to be a, like about my life, really. Well, not and, cave in because he, he already wanted to pitch that. It's just that he had to he had to negotiate what the ending was going to be because he was like, this ending is not like... So was he and, pitching his real life? Cause was, I think he I was kind it. of pitching his life as another yeah, film. Like, what film was that? You know, his life, I, I think. Like. I, I think that's, that's what it is. Like. He was pitching essentially kind of his life, but for the movie... He like Wiley wanted like he was like this this ending's gotta be different yeah because like from what he said he was like um yeah she left she's not taking my calls yeah so the real Coraline just like won't talk to him again which is what he deserves but I um, feel like what I I am not sure about I'm like I I am not sure if she did actually end up I think she did maybe actually end up coming. To the awards, That's the thing. we don't know because then it went into him talking about because if she but he won't said, return his but calls, I feel then like why he, would she come? But I think she came, and then after the whole thing, he like she didn't return his calls after whatever happened. I don't, it's his speech make, or whatever. That doesn't make sense. I'm, to me. I'm not sure. That's I am what I'm uncertain. Saying. I don't like that. I don't like when you do a meta thing. And it's not clear because I was like, I'm still, that's why I had to research and find that article. Cause I was like, I was not clear what happened in the end. And I didn't like that. And I was like, I knocked it down some points because I was like, I don't know what the ending was about. I was clear I on it. what the ending was, but I was not clear on what happened at the actual ceremony. Yeah. That didn't make, yeah. See, that's another thing. We don't know what happened at the ceremony. We don't know what happened in his real life. I mean, besides the fact that him and Coraline were not getting back together, I didn't know what book he was pitching to him, we which movie he was pitching to him. never, ever, ever getting back together. Okay, Whitney. <laughs> um, and so I was, like, not happy with because I was, I was, at this point in the film, I was so into the film. Mm-hmm. I was into this story. I wanted to know what was going on with his life. I wanted to know how he was going. I was, like, sitting on the edge of my seat as he was going up there, mm-hmm. talking about whether he, oh, I was like, oh, my God, is he really going to tell them? You know, that he's really stagged. This is what he wrote. Is mm-hmm. he really? Is it going to be a conflict of interest because he was on the panel the whole time? I, I was ready for all that. And then it just went some left. And I was so like, wait a minute. So I don't like when you throw me out of the story like that. And then I become like put off. So that was my main critique of the film. That's my main like negative point. Mm. Um, I Once I read the article, I understood a little bit. And mm. I gave it like another point back. Mm. Um, because he said that it's basically showing that at the end he decided to do a different film, but that he was actually showing some growth in his character that he decides to connect more mm-hmm. and he decides to like, okay, well maybe let go of some of his criticalness. And then also to him like nodding at that guy who was dressed up as a slave. You could tell he was just like, um, a prop person, like not prop, uh, uh, extra or something, Mm -hmm. but that he like connected with the person. He gave him a nod Mm -hmm. and it shows that he's growing in some of his areas and recognizing. Cause otherwise he probably would have judged him earlier in the movie. Like a slave again, Mm -hmm. that part I was like, okay. But to me, I was just like, I didn't like not knowing what became of it. So like what happened at the ceremony? At least we know Coraline didn't actually come and talk to him again, that she was done with him. But, and I, we also know that it has something to do with his family because his his brother came to pick him up and he's like, who did you ask them to play me? Tyler Perry. And that was a good joke <laughs> at the end of it. And I love that part, but I was not happy with the fact that that part wasn't clear. And I was like, oh, you just kind of took me out of the film. 
took me out of the story. I'm confused now. And I mm-hmm. went home looking for reviews and stuff because I was like, I don't understand what happened in the end. Mm-hmm. I was so out of it. I was like, man, why do you do that? Like, why do you say it like that? And I was really enjoying the film. So that would be my personal, like, negative part. Okay. And some other reviews I read that some people said they also did not like that meta stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was the main part, too. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I really enjoyed the film. Yeah. I did. I, I think it's a good watch. I loved it. You got to research the end though to understand. Unless you can understand it, and my brain just doesn't work like yours. I don't know. I understood it. I just don't know what actually happened at the ceremony. And that's what I'm saying. If I don't know what happened, I don't understand. Hmm. That's and I don't think you should do that to your your um, your audience members. I mean, I don't. I, I disagree on that. I think some films can have an open ending where you can't where you. I don't have a problem with films with open endings where you're not quite sure what's what's. No, no, that. no. That's not the. To me, this is different. Having an open ending, like, I had, like I said, Inception had an open ending, mm-hmm. but I was still satisfied with the film. Mm. There's no not understanding. I just, we, we're never going to know whether it was real or not. That's not the point. But in this one, it's not open to me at all because it's like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't understand what happened. Mm-hmm. That to me is different from having an open ending. Because it ended, well, I understood the acts, the exact ending, mm-hmm. where he's getting a film made, he went off into the distance with his brother, and him and his brother are closer. That ending makes sense. Mm-hmm. What was happening at the climax, that doesn't make sense to me. I was like, so I don't know what happened. What happened at the the the, um, the award show? What happened in his life? I don't understand with this these choices that they made. That to me is not open-ended. That's just like doing some meta stuff that really kind of screws with your audience member. That part I didn't appreciate because I was like, I'm supposed to still understand what's going on. Like, I'm like, if I didn't read about it or ask you, I don't mm-hmm. still know what was happening there. It was confusion. And I'm like, confusion shouldn't be there. With the other stuff that's open-ended, it's like, oh, we're leaving this to your interpretation. That's fine. But not when you're like, you're literally not telling me some details of the film. And I'm like, why do you do that? You, you see you see where I'm getting the difference. To me, this is not an open-ended something case. It's a, it's a, you're not finishing or you're confusing your audience. You're, you're pulling them out of the story. That's to me, more jarring. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. I didn't feel like it was open-ended at all. I feel like the ending was very de- definite. But I the feel like they, left, scene, they purposely left that detail out because they were like, for them, it. it was like, it doesn't matter. No, it matters to me. Like, to me, it's like, this is the main part of the story. Like, did he confess? Do people know that he's staggering? We don't know those things. That's that to me makes a difference, and I was like, that you shouldn't do that to your real. I feel like we know for sure that he did go up there to take the award, but we just don't know what his speech was. I don't think to me, I don't even think that part was real because of how they did it. To me, if he was pitching it as something he did, who's to say he actually did go up there at all? What that was probably just part of the ending he was reciting to Wiley. We don't know. And that to me doesn't make sense. You should. I would have be to clear. watch it again because I feel like he did. That actually did happen. I feel like the book actually no, no. won. That he did walk I do up feel there. The book won. I just don't feel he went up there. I, I, to me, based off of what was shown, I don't have anything to say. Oh yeah, he definitely went up there and accepted the award. You know, From he what de- he was he saying, that's why confessed. I said I would need to watch it again because I feel like he was said to Wiley, like I, like he said, kind of what happened. Yeah. All right, well, we'll beg to differ. You know what I mean? I beg to differ. We'll just leave it at that. But I was really not feeling I, I That was my main, main gripe about the film. Everything else I loved, but that was my main gripe. I was like, you just, it should be clear, uh, clearer. You know what I mean? Even if it's open-ended, open-ended stuff is clear. You know what I mean? 
you're not sure, you just leave it open-ended, but, like, the events of the film, you should know what happened, and, like, we don't know. Like you said, I have no idea. I can't say for sure he went up there at all. He could, That could have just been him reciting his movie. Maybe all that other stuff that was up to that point didn't even happen. And he was in Wiley's face talking the whole time. I don't know. It's confusing. I kind of disagree, because, like, you felt like in, um, what was it? Uh, I Kill Giants, or I Slay Giants, or whatnot. Oh, yeah. You were like, you thought that it was in her head. I was like, I feel like maybe it was really happening. So I, 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 don't, have a, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. All right. I'll be ready for review. Let's do it. All right. So I give the film um, eight glasses. Okay. Yes. I took, like I said, I took off points for those parts. Um, and I mean, this is still a solid film. I still say everybody should watch it, especially if you're a black creative writer even. It really makes some great statements about black people, culture, mm. what, how we identity, you know, how we identify ourselves in the space, mm. in the, like, you know, create the creative space, really. Mm. I feel like this has a lot to say about the family and your dynamics and really about how you're a whole person. You're not just your work. You're not just your thing. You Finding identity off your work is actually quite dangerous. Because if you're not able to do that work one day, then you feel like you lost a whole sense of self. And no, that just means you just need to do something different with your mm-hmm. life. You're still a person. You're still alive. You're still existing. You can do multiple things. Hmm. Seeing yourself fixed as just one thing is sometimes the problem. And I feel like this one also showed the authors um, and the, the the director what the problem he was having was that being seen as just this one thing mm. and wanting to break out, which is why he wrote this, uh, the movie the way he did. Mm. I really respect that. I really like these messages and it was really funny tongue in cheek jokes. <laughs> like, I mean, come on the Tyler Perry, the, the being under Aegis Elba. It was just like all these little <laughs> digs, even like the banter between the siblings and all this stuff. Even the, some of the, some of the stuff Sterling K Brown did like afterwards, I was just like, did you just snort cocaine? Like, right? <laughs> Uh, it was just funny, tongue in cheek. I really enjoyed oh my the God. film. The mom that when part. she met Coraline, the she's mom. like, "I'm so glad you're black." The mom was <laughs> exactly, and that was the things that it was just so obvious. And he's like, "Oh, oh, you got a black girlfriend this time." <laughs> like it was just like I wondered if white people. I'm not gonna lie. I wondered if white people in the audience would be like, "Man, this is not for us," <laughs> or it digs at them too much. And I was like, "Yeah, because everything's always about y'all. It's not about y'all this time." So I like that this film was like. It's not about y'all. It's about <laughs> us, you know? So, yeah, I give it eight glasses. What about you, Whitney? I give it nine glasses and a monocle, so 9.5. Okay, 9. 5. okay. So I've already done the math. That ends up with an average rating of eight glasses, a monocle, and a contact lens. Hey, <laughs> 8.75, you guys. But you got all the lenses in there. So, <laughs> all right, so that is our review of American Fiction. Um, You guys, tell us what you guys think of the film. Like, message us, email us. And go We'd see it. it. They didn't do, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of marketing behind it. It's yeah. still, like, it was still in two theaters. It wasn't in a whole lot, but it was in two theaters near us. So if you get a chance, check it out. Right, because I didn't hear anything. I didn't see a trailer anywhere. So um, I hope you guys hear about this, uh, listening to us on the pod, and go and check it out. Mm. Uh, We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. I really would love some feedback, y'all. So hit us up on our Instas. You're going to hear it at the end of this pod, okay? And as always, y'all have a wonderful, safe We'll see you guys in the month of black power and love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Blur it out. Blur it out. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. 
please subscribe to our show on whatever podcast listening app you use and share the show with other blurred and non-blurred family and friends. And if you like this episode, please subscribe to our email newsletter at blurredtalkbw.ck.page and also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Intro and outro music is Twilight by Caption. You can find them on SoundCloud, username Caption spelled C-A-P-S-H-U-N. Show notes by Bola Hansen, audio engineering by Whitney Booker. And don't forget to get social, you guys. You can email us at blurredtalkbw at gmail.com. And our social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok is at blurredtalkbw. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at Blur Talk BW. And we've got our individual things going on too. You can find the Triple F Queen on Instagram at Triple F Queen B as in boy. And my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at Triple F Queen B. And you can find me, Whitney, at Luminavi Studios, my company. And the email address is wit at luminavi.com, spelled W H I T at L U M E N A V I dot C O M. And you can also find me on Twitter at Luminavi Studios.